Hi, this is Amber and welcome to today's podcast. The website is sacredspacehealing.org. That's sacredspacehealing.org. I am a Reiki master and a shamanic practitioner and I've been running my own healing practice for the last 15 years or so. My work is focused on core wound healing, uh, life purpose work, sacred union work and intuitive readings as well as one-off, one-to-one healings both long distance and in person. So first of all, I'd like to say thank you to everyone who supports these podcasts, listens in, sends such lovely messages. Um, your, your listening ear is so appreciated and it's so wonderful to hear that the podcasts have assisted you in some way over the years. It's really, I'm always just like really blown away when people say that they've been listening to these podcasts for a number of years. It just... Um, that's great. It shows that I'm doing something good. I'm on the right track, um, which is good. Uh, some of you have asked how you can support the work, and there is a donations button on the website. So if you go to the website, which is sacredspacehealing.org, and you click on the home button, there's a drop-down menu, there's a donations button there, and you can donate as much or as little as you like, and everything that you donate goes straight back into the podcasts. They may seem like they're they are a kind of free readily accessible resource and they are but they are created at my expense so there's all the hosting that goes into it there's all the time and energy that goes into recording a podcast and so on so any donations are always gratefully received because I just put it straight back into the work so today's podcast is on the topic of symbols um symbols have been used since time began really, by man, to access a higher level of consciousness, to communicate, to um, set intentions, to um, obviously communicate in some way, whether it is a secret message, uh, a coded message in some way, or something further. We can look at the paintings in uh, caves, we can look at the hieroglyphics of ancient Egypt, we can see the writings of um, ancient man and we can see that symbols and, and the use of symbols has always been there. Um, and some of these symbols have transcended time and they are symbols that we still use and some haven't. Um, some are kind of hidden, if you like. Symbols are used in healing work. They're used in the Reiki attunements. Um, they're used for protection, empowerment, uh, initiation uh, and so forth if we look around uh, uh, in our lives if we really start to pay attention to symbols we can see how many symbols we have in our everyday life and how um, how prevalent they are I mean even, even if you were to say set yourself a task to say as you walk through town in a day just look out for the, num- the, the number of times you see a certain symbol. You could say, I'm going to look out for the number of times I see a triangle, or I see a triangle within a circle, or I see um, the infinity symbol. And notice how many times you spot it, and notice where those symbols are being used, how they're being used. Um, notice how they make you feel. Uh, notice the colorings behind them and so on just as an experiment you could see you could walk through town and see how many times do you see a certain letter like the letter a or the letter m or the letter 
an S or N or something like that. You know, how many times is it out there? And what does that letter actually stand for? Yes, it could stand for the name of the business, but could it stand for something else? And what could it stand for? Um, and ask these questions in your consciousness. It's important that we ask these questions because as a community, as a world community, as conscious beings, as energetic beings, we are being bombarded with symbolism which has an energy behind it every single day of our lives and yet we never stop to question what these symbols mean. One of the most famous misuse um, of symbols is the swastika, um, which is actually an ancient Indian symbol um, to do with enlightenment to do with healing to do with positivity and it was taken by the the nazi fascist government placed on its side you know slightly kind of screwed with and it became a symbol of fascism and now it's a symbol that people still have fear around because they associated with all the awful things that happened in the name of that symbol but actually if you trace back its lineage it's 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 kind of origins you see that its origins are something rather beautiful um, and, and the symbol was simply misused. So it's very much like the concept of energy. And I've talked about this before in podcasts on distance healing. You know, people ask, how does distance healing work? Well, essentially, it's just energy. And we can be mindful with our energy in terms of how we use it, conserve it, protect it, and interact with it. Or we can be mindless about it. You know, we can be heartless about it. It's just energy. And it's how we use it that defines the impact of that energy. It can be used for good or it can be used for bad. And it's the same thing with symbols. They have a power to them because there's something about the construction of it, of the symbol, of the, the, the geometry of the symbol. There's something about its lineage and where it comes from and the power of the symbol over the years because so many people have put so much um, hope or so much belief or so much anger or rage or some kind of emotion into that symbol that it becomes charged but it can be charged with any intention. And so again, we see with the swastika, it was charged with a certain intention, but it could also similarly be reclaimed and charged with an intention of healing. And there are some healers and institutions out there and um, you know healing communities that have reclaimed that symbol to re-educate people into its beauty. So I think it's really important to question the symbols that we are bombarded with every day, and they are a bombardment, and how they make us feel, and where do they come from. Now, you can do your research on the internet, although I don't think it's the most reliable source of information, but it's the one that we turn to the most immediately. But you can also do your research through the good old-fashioned way of reading. You know, before they close all our libraries down, you might want to go into a library and see if you could get a book out on sacred symbols or symbols from different ages across time. Um, or ask around or, you know, um, do your research in other ways through teachers, through workshops, through community and so forth so that you can actually start to make your own mind up about the symbolism that you are uh, soaking in, that you are reacting to on an energetic level every day. Um, there, and also to, to look at the symbols that are quite trendy in any given time um, there are quite a few trends like with hand gestures or with the way people pose in front of a camera. And you'll see that a lot of famous people do very similar symbols. And then they just become trendy and everyone starts following them. But people don't really know what they're following. Like They don't really know what the, the power is behind that symbol. They just follow it because they see someone do it on social media and they think it looks good. 
So in order to break that cycle and to break the spell of the symbol, it's important to understand what the symbol actually means to you. Now, if you do your research and you like what the symbol stands for and that's what you want to align with, then okay, that's your free will. But if you do your research and you find out what the symbol stands for and you don't want to align with it, then that's your free will also. And then it becomes a conscious choice to not align with that symbolism. The other really important thing about symbolism is it becomes a kind of calling card so that you can start to align with those people that have the same resonance as you rather than just aligning with what looks good on the surface. We are in a very accelerated times where everything has a kind of facade to it. Um, it very much feels like we are living in one of a, a, a novel, like a dystopian nightmare. And all of the films that I grew up watching about what the future would be like, and we thought, well, we'd never end up living like that, wandering around, you know, on hoverboards, people going into these dark kind of clubs and cafes to smoke stuff in pipes um, that was going to take them to another dimension and so forth. Like, we never thought that these kind of things would happen, that we would have AIs and that we would have all this robotic technology. When I was growing up anyway, it seemed like something that you would just see in a film. And yet here we are and it's happening. So um, in order to break the spell of um, this accelerated existence that we're in at the moment so you can find what your own rhythm is, it's really important to know what you align to and what you don't align to. And just because something has a really pretty facade or it has all the latest symbolism around it or the latest colors or the latest whatever doesn't mean that it is necessarily going to be in alignment with you. I've noticed going through town that um, there's certain shops and or cafes or, you know, a play, like a beauty salon or something like that that I go into where I walk in and the energy just feels completely wrong. Like it just feels like this is the last place I want to be. And then I look around the place and I notice that there are certain colours being used in the place that don't feel very high vibrational to me or that there's certain artwork on the walls or certain symbols being used that just don't feel in alignment with who I am. And then I'll go into another place and it could be very simply done. Maybe it's not your most kind of trendy place, you know, maybe it's not in the top, whatever. But there is something about the way it's been laid out, the colours that are being used, um, the, again, the symbols, the artwork, or whatever, that just feels in alignment with who I am. And I know once that I'm in a place that feels in alignment with who I am, it's going to be okay. But that's for me. That's because that's what's right for me. So you have to find what's right for you. So I never really set homework on podcasts because the whole point is that there's a kind of learning as you listen to the podcast and there's a shift in your energy, hopefully. But I do have a bit of homework on this podcast and that is is to is to open your eyes, is to wake up. And one of the, the greatest ways in which we can wake up is through educating ourselves is through breaking the, the sort of hypnosis that we're under, which we're all under. And, you know, hypnotherapists will tell you the same thing. Healers will tell you the same thing. Like This is all about getting deprogrammed so that we can reprogram ourselves to live our best possible life, whatever that is for us. So one of the best ways that we can get deprogrammed is by really becoming aware of what is programming us. And... At the moment, I'm very aware that the kind of biggest form of programming that we're experiencing is through the media, because we've exploded in terms of media, um, the accessibility of, of, of being able to stream, of being able to watch stuff on your phones and your iPads, so that we're never really disconnected. You know, back in the day, when I was growing up, 
you came home in the evening and you had well we had you had three and then you had four and then eventually you had five tv channels so all day long you know when I was a child and I was growing up no one wandered around with a mobile phone not until that kind of exploded in the sort of the the yuppie generation and the kind of late late 80s early 90s but when I was growing up and I was a young kid no one wandered around with a mobile phone. No one wandered around with their computers because you didn't, really, you know, laptops were quite bulky if they even had them. So people would go about their business, you know, if you can imagine this. People would go about their business during the day. They would go to work and maybe they're in front of a computer screen, um, or they're doing other things. Um, people would turn up to appointments on time because if you weren't on time, how is the other person going to know that you're not going to turn up? People sat on tube trains and read books and newspapers. They didn't sit, you know reading stuff on their phone or watching the latest Netflix thing they read a book or a newspaper or they wrote or they had conversations or they listened to music so it was a very different way of being in the world um, it was a time when people I remember people just being a lot more polite like you know people wouldn't push and shove and barge into you because they weren't so distracted you know people weren't crossing the road looking at their phones or playing some game that means that they fall off a cliff like, they were actually really present in the moment. They were present with each other. Um, I'm not saying it was a golden age, because there's always been issues in every decade, but it was certainly less frenetic than it is now. And then you would come home in the evening, and I remember doing this. I remember coming home in the evening, you know, much later on when I was, like, in my 20s, late 20s. I remember coming home in the evening, and I would turn on my computer, and that's when I would check emails. And emails were something that you kind of, you know you sent that had no great urgency to them. And no one sort of texted you to say, did you get my email, which is what we do now, or rang you to say, did you get my email? You know, an email was sent and it would be replied to within a couple of days. And it was a great way to communicate with friends from, you know, th around the world. It was wonderful like that because you didn't have to post a letter via airmail and then wait for however many weeks for the response or months for the response to come. So there was some great things, but you would come home in the evening, check your emails and then I remember coming home in the evening when I was very young and playing computer games on my computer but they were only like two or three games that you could really play on these computers um, and you play that for like an hour or something and then I'd read a book and I'd you know I'd do my homework and I'd go to bed and we had three channels and then four channels so you came home and you watched whatever was on tv and if there wasn't anything good on tv you'd watch a video and if you didn't watch a video you'd listen to the radio or you'd read a book or you'd have a conversation so if you contrast that with how we live now in terms of how overstimulated we are now, so you're on the tube. I mean, this is in London and other cities. You're on the tube and now, whereas before you used to have advertising was, was kind of flat, right? It was just a piece of paper. Advertising now is, is moving image with color, with light, with frequency, with symbolism. Um, even the way light is used in advertising can be hypnotic. So already that trance state is being created just as you're going up the escalators because you're bombarded with images as you go up the escalator. And then you go out and you walk through town and you've got massive billboards of things being advertised to you and every shop that you go into has music playing. I mean, I remember when you went into shops and there wasn't thumping music playing, you know. So you, you go into shops and there's music playing um, and that's got a kind of programming and a, and a kind of hypnosis state within itself, which I've talked about in other podcasts 
you open the newspaper and there's, I mean, there's so, so much to choose from in terms of magazines and newspapers. And if you're not doing that, you're on your phone and you're either on your phone checking emails or you're playing some kind of game, you're watching some kind of, you know, series that you want to watch or you're looking up something on YouTube or you're listening to a podcast or whatever it is. We're never not being bombarded with images. Like we have to make a conscious choice to say, I don't want to be bombarded with images, which means when we come home, which is kind of our haven, that's when we start to make the choices. Like That's when we say, what am I going to watch on my TV? Or what am I going to look at on my computer? Or what will I listen to? Or what will I have on my walls? Or, you know, what will I have with my, what jewelry will I wear? What symbolism will I have on my clothes? That's when we start to make some kind of informed choice. I've seen a lot of people wandering around in the last year with symbols on their clothes and their bags that are very prominent and that have ancient meaning to them. And I don't think these people actually know the symbolism of what they're carrying, like what that symbol actually means. They just bought it because, well, it was in a shop and it looked good or their mate was wearing it or they saw someone on TV wearing it a lot of the time. A lot of the time, if you say to someone, you know, where did you get that top that you're wearing from or what does that symbol mean to you or do you know where that item of clothing was made people have no answer to give you other than the shop that they bought it from there's no sense of you know where was this made or how was the material sourced or what impact does this have on the planet or what does the symbol mean that I'm wearing they just didn't really think about it they just bought it and what I'm saying to you is to not be a zombie, to not be asleep, it's important to ask those questions. So your bit of homework is to really, and I would do this sort of gently, I would kind of say, you know, today I'm going to leave the house and see how many times do I see that a triangle. And just spot it and mentally note it or even kind of, you know, make a note of it on your phone or something. How many times did you see a triangle as a prominent symbol on clothes or in a, you know, in a shop window or in advertising? And then go away and research what triangles mean. I know it might sound silly, but actually there, there's always, there, you'll be surprised at how much information there's out there of what this has meant for people, for peoples, for generations, for different sects of society throughout the ages. And it will have a different meaning for different sections of society throughout the ages. Then you could, you know, another day say, well, this time I'm going to walk through town and see how many times do I see um, a triangle within a circle? Or how many times do I see the infinity symbol? Or how many times do I see um, a butterfly? Or how many times do I see um, a letter, like the letter A or the letter W, whatever it is? And just kind of clock it and then do your research. Now, really do your research, right? Don't just go with the first thing that you find on the internet. Really do your research and find opposing views. So you might find views that say, oh, this symbol is really beautiful, it's really sacred, it means that, you know, it means that, da, 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 da. But you might find other views that aren't so positive. Take them all on board, let them all sit with you, and then just give yourself some quiet space to really feel into which of this feels like my truth. You'll just know, you'll know. And once you've done that, once you've awoken out of the sleep state, you know, once you've kind of gone, oh, this, this is what this means, you can't go back to sleep. Like it, you would have to drug yourself back to sleep. You can't. So this is an invitation to awaken 
to the world that you're in right now, to become more mindful within it and to start to make choices from a place of empowerment rather than a place of habit. Um, if there's anything that you want to share, like you want to send me an email and say, oh, I saw this symbol and it was really interesting because you just want to you know, share that with someone, please feel free to do that. You can send me an email, um, amber at sacredspacehealing.org. Um, I have you know, my own views about symbols, but I kind of fall in and out of love with them. You know, sometimes I'm really into a symbol and it feels really great to me. And then other times it doesn't feel so great to me. And that's because the energy behind it might have changed in some way. Or maybe it's being overused in our culture and it's kind of lost its power. One of the symbols that's lost its power for me is the infinity symbol. You know, years ago it meant a 